breakfast show coming to the second hour. We've been like cloudy and rainy over the last couple of days, but I'm looking at the light streaming into our studio this morning, and we have been blessed with a beautiful day and a beautiful morning where you guys get to listen to Faith FM and answer quizzes and questions to go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week. So, Blair, give us our next quiz. Okay, here it comes. In the days of Israel, the priests of Baal were challenged to a showdown when Baal did not deliver... Which prophet in 1 Kings 18 suggested that Baal was perhaps relieving himself? Ah, I love this story. Oh, it's a classic, this isn't is, it? This is so funny. It's just some humor in the Bible of the prophet of the Lord just having a bit of a bit of a joke uh, mm. at the expense of the Baal worshippers. Oh, I love it. I was yeah. uh, I was teaching someone about this. I was doing a Bible study with someone, and this story came up. And I'm gonna I'm not gonna say the name. I'm not gonna say who it is. Both Shell and Blair, they're, they're looking at me, and they're like, "Lawson, are you gonna give it away?" No, I won't. Uh, but we were talking about this story, and this person who had never heard the story before, and we were going through, we you know had a spiritual principle to bring out of it, and they were dying laughing when we were reading it. <laughs> they were like, that is so funny. Like, this guy's just making fun of their God. Oh, it's Absolutely. And it's great to see some of those little moments in Scripture where you see the, the humor yeah. come out. Uh, it, there is really quite a bit of humor in the Bible. Yeah. The other story that is good because it has a good ending, but it's quite tragic, but then also funny. It's the one where, where Paul is preaching to the guy in the top level oh, of the yes, house. And he, yes. he goes, Sleeping Paul goes for so long <laughs> that he falls asleep. You know, even the best preachers, even literally a divinely inspired preacher like Paul could preach for so long, this guy fell asleep and fell out a window. It gives all of those preachers out there comfort when the parishioners <laughs> nod off to sleep <laughs> in the pews. I had a uh, quote from Doug Batchelor, who, for those who don't know, is, is a world-famous speaker and expositor, incredible speaker. And he was saying, he's like, yeah, people come up to me and say, I love your sermons they help put me to sleep like it's some kind of compliment you know but when i read about paul that i know hey it actually might be that's awesome so that's the that quiz question again in the day of israel the priests of baal were challenged to a showdown when baal did not deliver which prophet in first kings 18 suggested that baal was perhaps relieving himself if you think you know the answer you can text it through to 0491064669 and get your name in the draw to win our prize this week risen by Clifford Goldstein, exploring the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've got a couple of text messages here, but before I get into them, I've got the information from Tony Benjamin that he was just reporting on. It says, Hearts of Fire, free virtual event. To find out more, see our website at www.vom.com.au. That's www.vom.com.au. Once registered, we will send you a link to the event the day before which will be active for seven days. You can also get that information. We can text it to you if you give us a text at 0491-064-669. We've got some text messages here. This first one comes from one of our good friends, Johanna. Uh, she writes in, When we were in Korea, we saw some people protesting, and my husband Harry said protesting was because of the current... Pro- the protesting was because of the current president who wants to go 
to war with North Korea. But I don't know about the updates and what's happened since then. They are never happy with their president, and they always want a different one. And uh, I can honestly say that's pretty much every country in the world. Uh, but yeah, it's absolutely... We've got another text message coming in as well. It's wonderful to hear about the work done with the books. Praise God, and hope everything is going really well. And yeah, we're going to be getting out as, you know, when the show finishes at 9 a.m. this morning, jumping in my car, heading over to Raymond Terrace. Luckily, we're not that much of a drive away from Raymond Terrace here in the studio and uh, getting out uh, in the community again sharing these incredible life-changing books with this group of young people uh, until yeah we're going to prep for the Sabbath and, and uh, yeah have a, have a rest over the weekend too. Got another text message coming in from Brett he writes the funniest story in the Bible for me is the story of Jonah he was the single most successful evangelist in, in scripture and he still complained and also didn't want to be there. So that that is that's awesome. Yeah, like, and his message was just so to the point, blunt, no frills. Yeah. Repent. Repent. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I've I've heard preachers talk about this sometimes and they say, Oh, I'd love to see Jonah's sermon notes. Like Jonah said anything more than repent and turn. No, really, like, the context of the situation, I love the study that have gone into this story, you know, people have seen him being coughed up onto the beach out of the fish, and the god of Assyria is the fish god, you know, this, when he, by the time he walks up to the city, the, the, the story of a man who was literally coughed up by a fish on the beach is spread all around the nation, and he walks in, but he's just like, walks in, he says, repent, that's it, repent, in, in 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed repent and they absolutely do but yeah he is bummed that they do repent he's so upset he's like god wait you're gonna spare these people that are attacking israel are you for real (laughs) like he's the one who delivered that message to them he delivered the message of repentance oh i love beautiful story as well um just you know showing the amazing work that god can do through imperfect people absolutely hey we're going to get into our bible study now We're, we're looking at the book of ephesians Blair, if you can pick it up, let's see. We'll probably start in Ephesians 1 and moving on now to verse 10. I know we were looking at that yesterday, but Ephesians chapter 1. And yeah, I think picking it up in verse... We'll we'll pick it up in verse 11 and read through to 14. Fantastic. God's Word says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory." Awesome. Oh, I love it so much. I like, we're in epistles right now. We'd been spending some time in Revelation, which is, you know, very, very symbolic and uh, incredibly, you know, where we're trying to decipher the symbols. You know, this one here, it's more looking at the, you know, looking at like this very just awesome, poetic, you know, deposition that Paul is giving about all of these things that he's come to understand about Jesus and believe. It's its amazing. We covered yesterday, we looked at verse 11 and 12, and we looked at the idea of inheritance. And 
what it is that we receive as a result of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. We looked at, and, and what Paul is pointing out here in verse 12, he's like, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory, talking about the Jewish nation themselves, you know, the first to receive the ordinances of God, the first to understand the plan of salvation, looking at the sanctuary and the sacrifice that was taking place there. And then now we come to verse 13, and it says, In him you also trusted. This can also be a reference to, you know, again, talking to the Ephesian church. Well, this again, from, from Jew to Gentile, and it would be Paul who would share that idea right throughout his writings, you know, making the point to the Jew first and then to the Greek also. He would then say, now that, you know, Jesus has come, now that we have, you know, the the Gentiles being included in this plan of salvation. Not that they weren't included before, and I think God's purpose has always been to be missiological. Uh, But now that the ordinances of God have gone to all people, they are not just limited to the Jews, but also the Gentiles as well, uh, we can see here clearly that what Paul is trying to communicate is that transference has happened you know, we started first, we had the first and initial understanding, but for you, and again, speaking directly to a group of Ephesians here, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, as the Bible says here, and whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. I, I love this so much, because what this is ultimately getting at is that God has saved all people throughout all time, in exactly the same way. This is so important. Although the context looked different, although for the Jews of the Old Testament, they understood the plan of salvation through the sanctuary service, and for obviously those of the New Testament, understanding the plan of salvation in a more fuller sense through Jesus, the sealing of salvation through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit working in someone's heart and in someone's life to seal them for salvation, to grow them, to draw them closer to Christ, is being consistently working here and it's like this is this is the the thing that's happened is the holy spirit it's it's come to the gentiles now and uh it is reaching them in a powerful way and continues on here as well it says who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory we're going to break this down a little bit you're listening to the breakfast show contact us on 0491-064-669 Blair, I'd love to ask you, what are the roles of the Holy Spirit? Oh, so many and so varied. Convicting, leading us into truth. Mm. Uh, The Bible pictures the Holy Spirit um, in many ways, comforting, the role of comforting. Uh, Yeah, we've got a... um, The Holy Spirit is the presence of God with us. So, yeah, and and in this text particularly, uh, the Holy Spirit is a seal, Mm. sealing us in our acceptance of that gospel of salvation, yeah. right? um, which is available. The Bible says the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, all people, mm. uh, as you were mentioning just before. And so uh, this this sealing of the Holy Spirit, uh, once we accept that, that gospel, we hear the word of truth, verse 13 says, it's the gospel of our salvation. We believe in it. And we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Now, I don't want to jump ahead in the book of Ephesians because I think what I'm loving is that we've been going verse by verse and breaking everything down. But this is very Ephesians chapter 2, verse 
8, 9, 10-esque. You know, very, this is a very famous passage in the Bible. Uh, and I just want to quickly read it to draw a principle out of it so that then we can come back to it at a later date and really dive into it. But it says here, for, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So grace is 100% the gift of God. And the, the easy, you know, the question that everyone always asks when it comes to this verse is like, hey, do you work for a gift? And the answer is no. You don't work for a gift. Gifts are given. They are not merited. You're not paid with a gift. Gifts are given. It's like, oh, how do we receive salvation? How do we have the experience of justification? Well, it is a gift. And that's what we saw before about the inheritance and redemption and adoption. It's Jesus has done everything for us. Jesus is the one who has, who has done all the work so that we can become a part of the fold of the family of God, that we might receive these spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, as it says earlier in Ephesians chapter 1. But then it continues on in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Mm. What we're seeing here is that though salvation comes to us as a gift, and as we've already described in the show and talked about a little bit, you know, as we've been looking at the you know, the book of Ephesians, and as that word predestined has been coming up, it's not using the noun of predestination, but rather the verb of predestined. And that verb is not getting, you know, is not portraying the understanding that we do not have freedom of choice or that God has chosen who is saved and who is lost and there is only one group of the elect and everyone else has been chosen by God to be lost, but rather he is predestined to give us the opportunity to be saved. And furthermore, for those who is predestined, like for, for the predestination that he has wrought, that Jesus should come, the plan of salvation that he's laid out, and Jesus should come and live and die and resurrect for the salvation of the world. For those who accept that, he has also predestined, he has planned to give them the Holy Spirit to seal them. And again, it says, as we read in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, for we are his workmanship, you know, creating Christ Jesus for good works. What we're not sharing here is the idea that, oh, when you accept Jesus, you now just are perfect and every mm. decision that you've ever make after that is perfect because you become a perfect person. But rather that God is sealing us with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working in us to change us, to make us different, to seal us in our decision. Uh, because again, it God is giving us a free will choice but once we make it, he's supplementing that free will choice with his power that enables us to be able to follow him and to make decisions for him. Because without that power, we just don't have that ability. You know, That's although right. we can make that decision, you know, we can be convicted by the Holy Spirit and make that decision of like, I need to follow Jesus. You know, we just simply cannot make the decision to stop sinning. And I think 6,000 years of the history of this world of sin proves that. Absolutely. Very clearly. You know, something I always love to do when I'm spending time with people who are unfamiliar with the Bible and teaching the Bible to them, and we do a Bible study on the law of God, and we go to the Ten Commandments, and we start reading through. And, you know, I love to reflect on this with you, Blair. Like, is is not murdering people a good thing? Amen. Amen. Is not stealing from people a good thing? Absolutely. As is. A, is committing adultery, you're a married man, is that a good thing? No. Not good. <laughs> Absolutely. I almost, I almost got you there. So committing adultery is not a good thing, right? And you can say it's beneficial to your marriage and your kids and the people around you that you 
Don't do that. Amen. Stealing, lying, you know, all of those things, respecting your parents and being loving towards them. And then we can even see the, the commandments that relate to our worship of God as well. You know, not having other gods, not taking God's name in vain. Anyone can read the Ten Commandments and say, yes, all of these things are good. Pretty much every single government, even the government of North Korea, you know, like would say that murder is wrong, even though they like go and murder people. But that's precisely my point. That is my point. Even though we can all agree, murdering, stealing, lying, all of these things are evil and wrong. Every single government, legislative body around the world wholeheartedly agrees with that. We still do it, even though we know it's wrong. And it's like, oh, man, what is wrong with us? Like, we we are so confused as people. Like, our ideologies, you know, the, pretty much the ideology of the entire world is going one direction. We all agree in this one way, particularly when we look at the, the two main ones that I see are, like, murder and theft. Like, oh, yeah. you know, when it comes to adultery, there's definitely shifting and changing standards on that. But, like, murder and theft. Like, what person is going to stand there and say, yes, I would like to be killed by someone else now obviously you know here in australia and around the world we have a, an unfortunate epidemic of suicide but i mean like even someone who is suicidal would agree that murdering people is wrong theft well theft is another i think theft even more so no one no one is going to say please steal my stuff we all agree it's wrong yet it still exists yet people who would even agree with that would still say it's the wrong thing to do. And it's, again, we are so confused. You know, we are this, so broken as people. You're exactly right. And this is why I think it is, uh, you know, when you, you come across text in Scripture where it says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Mm. This is where we have that hope in the midst of that kind of dark reality. Yeah. Um, there's no strength that we have to be able to overcome this. But with Christ, yes. we do, right? Christ in you is the hope of glory to to be able to live that life um, through the power of His Holy Spirit in your life mm. uh, in in uh, submission to His Word. And I think, you know, while ever we rely on ourselves, we will exactly, if you pointed out, fall short. But this is the beautiful flow of the passage that we've seen from verse 3 that it's been building up to up to now. Like, God has chosen from the very beginning. He is predestined to offer salvation to the world. The first to understand and accept that were the Jewish people. You know, and, and, you know, if you even go before the Jews, before the Israelites, you got Abraham, you know, Abraham wasn't an Israelite, he was Abraham. Uh, if you go before that point and you see, you know, different people, the, the line of Seth and people that God had been working through, people understood the sin of, uh, the, the plan of salvation, but, you know, it was the Israelites who had received, again, I use that word ordinances. They had received a, you know, the sanctuary, this, this view, this teaching of salvation, you know, and the practices that would go along with that. And so they received these ordinances and, and Paul is rightly pointing out, he's like, yes, the Jews received these first. And although again, even in their context, it was missiological, they were told, Hey, you know, you look at the they Sabbath. They were meant to be a light, right? To take it's, it to the other nations. Absolutely. The Sabbath commandment, for example, it was like, even your stranger who is within your gates. Like, uh, we did some significant study over the last period into the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, for my class on Torah. And you see that the whole book of Deuteronomy is actually set up as an ancient Near Eastern treaty, like written in that language. And the whole point of that is to be missiological. And what I mean by that is to be missional, that it would be shared with other nations and they would be so impressed by God. Um, they would be so wowed by God, just as we are today, that they would decide to become followers of God. And we see 
Gentiles all throughout the Old Testament. You know, Nebuchadnezzar and different kings and whatnot actually make decisions to follow God. It's it's incredible. It's amazing. But now that salvation has you know has been very clearly displayed. No longer is it the Jews who are keeping the ordinances of God, but the ordinances have gone out to all people. All people understand the plan of salvation. All people have a role in sharing that plan of salvation, sharing the ideas and the concepts and whatnot with the world so that people can come to a place where they accept Jesus into their life. But then once they accept Jesus, what's the next step? Oh, he seals you with the Holy Spirit so that you can be kept following him. You can be... You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We have come to the time where we give the final quiz. That's right. Your very last opportunity to get in for the prize this week, which is Risen by Clifford Goldstein, a book exploring the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the question that you are, is put to you right now to get your name in the draw to get that is how did Queen Athliah die? Number uh, A, through leprosy. B, a broken heart. C, diseased feet. Or D, execution. Mm. If you think you know the answer to that, you can text it through to 0491-064-669 and you can get your name in the, in the draw to win that prize. And I'll give you the question once more. How did Queen Athaliah... Athaliah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, you producer Shell. Uh, I, I nailed it the first time, didn't I? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you look... You're just wrong. So, but but so, hey, you might be right. Zero four nine one zero six four six six. How'd she die? Leprosy, broken heart, diseased feet, or execution? Hey, well, if you know the answer, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You're listening to the breakfast show. You know, usually we've we've been going through here, and I've been giving funny answers, but you know, it's an A B C D question, so I can't even suggest anything. If you maybe you want to chuck, oh, the answer E. She went into cardiac arrest then now you're stretching you're very you're stretching <laughs> that's right you're listening to the breakfast show this morning let's get back to the bible study absolutely hey we're right here now we are have been looking at this idea of the holy spirit Correct. it's being our seal now there are two metaphors that are used here in this passage in regards to this seal Blair, what what, are the, what does it describe, essentially? Yeah, absolutely. So verse 13, it says that we, we, we mentioned it, it talks about the seal of the mm. Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so that first picture or image of the Holy Spirit is this idea of a seal. Mm. Um, and, of course, a seal, in this text, it's identifying the presence of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life that seals their decision of salvation. But um, in ancient times, seals were used for all sorts of things. Yes. They they authenticated copies of laws, yes. agreements. Mm. They validated the existence or quality of a um, uh, of a container's contents. You mm. put a seal on it to make sure it's sealed. People yeah. know what's in there um, and who sent it and these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, validate the quality uh, of or contracts, letters, um, wills, adoptions, all sorts of things. Yeah. Is the, the seal was it basically announcing? Ownership and protection. Yeah, it was a signature. It was a passport. Correct. We talked about the seal earlier this week because Paul kind of has his own little version of a seal, which is essentially the way he introduces himself in every single one of the letters that he writes. He's like, I'm Paul, his name, an apostle of Jesus Christ, his title. And then often he's not a person of a particular land because he's traveling all over the place, but he'll be writing to a land. And, you know, and so it's like, yeah, he has his own little version of a seal. But then as you're saying, yeah, which in the ancient world functioned in this way. 
but the Holy Spirit is acting in the same way. It's sealing, it's keeping. Because one of the most important things about a seal is that once, you know, so you've got your letter, you fold it up, you get your wax, your hot wax, you pour it there, you can put your seal on it, is that once that seal is broken, there is something to be said about, you know, the the degradation of quality or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's like when you give something, someone with an unbroken seal, it's like this is the first, this Correct. is the original, this is for you. And, uh, and, and what we can then parallel here with the seal of the Holy Spirit is again that, that idea of keeping and, and it's like, oh, this is here. It's, it's, this is for you. Um, and it's, it's together. It's unbroken in its, you know, perfection and its importance and its value. Well, that's exactly right. And, and with the, in, in the application to a believer's life, the presence of the Holy Spirit as the seal is marking that believer as belonging to God and conveying God's promises to protect them, this idea of mm. ownership and protection. And so mm. that's the first image or, or idea that's used to picture the Holy Spirit. The second one's in verse 14. It says, the Holy Spirit promise, who is the guarantee oh, of wow. our inheritance. Mm. And so the... The idea or the image that Paul's using here is that of a guarantee or a, yes. a down payment, a uh-huh. deposit. Um, and so the, the, the other, other ways you can translate that word guarantee is these down pay, deposit, mm. um, first installment perhaps. And so the idea here is that um, we receive this down payment from God in the Holy Spirit. It's, a, it's the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer, and this is the first installment or the down payment of the full inheritance of salvation and redemption that will come with the return of Christ. And so our job as believers is to receive with a grateful and submissive heart what we've been offered in Jesus, and this down payment is that second image of the Holy Spirit in this passage. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. The guarantee, you know, the da- I love that the down payment. It's the works of the Holy Spirit. And I think, you know, it's very valuable that the Bible says, oh, and, and for those who accept Jesus, like these miracles will follow them and they That's will right. see these things happen. It's- and once you've got that Holy Spirit in your life, that you're sealed, you know what's coming next. Yeah. You know you're, you're redeemed and you've got that eternal glory in absolutely. heaven. Absolutely. And it's it's so important like immediately when we talk about the holy spirit and sealing and salvation my mind goes to the idea of the unpardonable sin mm. which the bible clearly calls blaspheming or the grieving against the holy spirit or the gre- the grieving of the holy spirit and essentially what does that mean and and we don't necessarily have time to do a symposium into oh man what does it mean to grieve the holy spirit but the essential idea that the Bible puts across is when we go against the Holy Spirit, because we know that the Holy Spirit, it comes to us. It, as you said, it convicts us. It shows us what is sin and what is not sin. When we choose against the Holy Spirit, it is grief. We reject the Holy Spirit. We reject the, the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. We reject the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And again, if the Holy Spirit is our seal of salvation, yet we reject it and we break that seal, then ultimately we are breaking our guarantee of salvation. Correct. And then so it just starts to make me think, it's like, well, then how does this... How does this process work? You know, where, where does that leave me as a person? If I can break, if the Holy Spirit is given to me as a guarantee and as a seal of salvation, yet I can reject the Holy Spirit, then, then where does that leave me? And the reality is, is we, again... We have a God who loves us and wants to have a loving reciprocal relation with us Correct. that is enabled by our choices. Now, 
God has done. He God has chosen us. That's that's the big point. Correct. God has done everything He possibly can to choose us. He's died for us. He's lived. He's offered salvation to all people, and then we're in a position where we make the decision to follow Him. We we say, okay, yes, I decide to accept. The Holy Spirit is given to us to supplement that decision, to enable us to continue to make that decision, to seal us in that decision. But the Bible then is so clear that our acceptance of the Holy Spirit must be daily, Correct. every day. It's like, ask, that fresh ask, anointing ask, of the Spirit, fresh give. baptism. Absolutely. You know, every single day, ask for the Holy Spirit and it will be given unto you. You know, and that's so important because, you know, this idea of um, the seal of God in the Holy Spirit isn't once saved, always saved, yes. which, which is yes. some have tried to say. Mm. Uh, but rather, it's that daily decision to follow him That's and right. rest in that assurance. You know, and again, when we read in the Psalms, like, in the morning when I rise, you know, give, well, there's the beautiful song as well, give me Jesus, but in the morning when I rise, you know, I will choose you, carry across daily, like all of these different verses alluding to the daily choice that we have. When we wake up each morning, can we say, Jesus, I choose you today. You give me the Holy Spirit, fill me with your spirit, fill me with your word that I'd be, be, be used by you. This is when we see the sealing of the Holy Spirit and he leads us and he guides us to be actually, to be used by him. Also, along with that decision as well is the idea of repentance too, that we, we're like, God, I have things, but I have sins between me and you. Forgive them of me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit that I might be led by you. And then we come to a place where it's like, this is the ultimate experience. While we live on a world in a world of sin, the Holy Spirit is ever guiding us and leading us against that and growing us and changing us until, again, we eventually see the fulfillment of hope and the promise. We see Jesus coming in the clouds and we are restored back to perfection again. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we've come to a time where all we do is just give answers. We spin the wheel. We're gonna, we have amazing things going on right now. So, okay, well, the first thing to do is spin the wheel. That, that, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. I'm, I'm just excited. Okay, here we go. All right. It's spinning. It's slowing down. It's slowing down. Oh, this is this is this is amazing. Oh yeah. Congratulations. We have our winner for this week, which is Liz. Now, looking at the wheel here, you know, often we've promoted, we've said, "Oh, people have sent in like one answer and won the prize." No, Liz has stacked the deck. Yep. She <laughs> she, she crushed it this week. She like we're talking what what is this like? A- she she is our record holder for doing you know five in a five in a day. She's yeah. she's the one who's always wow. you know, trying. But this week she didn't get any fivers, but yeah. she still yeah did gave a lot of like, answers. Like we're talking about a positive record every single day, like three three plus answers a day. So it goes to show, hey, you can get lucky. But at the end of the day, hard work pays off. So congratulations, Liz. You have won this amazing book, Risen, by Clifford Goldstein. Let's run through some answers as well, uh, if you can get that for us, Blair. Absolutely. So the first question, what was Aquila's profession? It was not an automobile mechanic, as Lawson tried <laughs> as to I suggest. suggested, or a pilot. No, or no, like indeed. That. It was, in fact, a tent maker, yeah. which Paul also worked with. Yeah. Uh, with a similar, as in the same profession. Yeah, they probably would have had a small business together. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, let's go out and do some tent making, you know, yeah. until we go out and do more ministry. It's really cool. So that was that one. The second question, Solomon was visited by the queen of... 
Sheba. Sheba. Which is, again, in the area of Ethiopia, which I have been to. So, really, and really you, cool. The experience. people that texted the answer to that in would have seen, um, I'm sure, <laughs> gone through Lawson's Facebook <laughs> yeah, page to, me. to find the, uh, the <laughs> visit in 2019 to the get the clue. that one, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the next question, what instrument did David play to calm Saul? Mm. Now, this one's a very well-known one, and I... Uh, we did get some answers coming through for this one. Harp. Mm. It's the harp. He played the, the harp, harp, and he wasn't very well thanked for it, though. Um, yeah. He did try to kill him. Paul did try to spear well, him salt. through his... Um, so, uh, did I say Paul? <laughs> yeah, Saul. <laughs> Wrong Saul. So, uh, yeah, Saul, Saul tried to throw a spear at him. That's right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe playing harps is not as uh, calming and relaxing as... Well, I think it's more when you've given your heart over to the devil and well, you're, like, literally <laughs> demon-possessed. That's that's why Saul had some stuff going on. That's yeah, true. absolutely. Okay, question four was, in the days of Israel, the priests of Baal were challenged to a showdown, and the Baal, when Baal did not deliver, there was a prophet in 1 Kings 18 who suggested that Baal was perhaps relieving himself, and yeah. of course, our comedian prophet yeah. was... Elijah. That's now correct. it's so funny. He's like on the mountain, and they're getting more and more intense with their worship. You know, so the fire will deign, rain down from heaven, so they they'll know who the true God is. And Elijah's just sitting there, like, "Hey, maybe he went to the toilet, or like he he can't hear you right now. Keep maybe, cutting yourself. Maybe he's asleep. Oh, it's just terrible. But he's uh, just he was like the 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 um troll before there was trolls. Absolutely online troll. But also like. It was, you know, in the end, God proved himself to be true. And it's a, it's a powerful story as well. And it has huge implications. You know, the Bible actually uses this as a as an illustration for the end of times as well in Revelation chapter 13. That's right. And the last one here was how did Queen Athaliah die? Yeah. And we gave four options. Uh, was it leprosy? Was it uh, a broken heart? That's probably you were able to rule that one out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was it C, a disease from diseased feet, or was it D, from execution? Yeah. And the answer is actually execution. Yeah, she was killed. That's right. The The Bible text uh, is Second Kings chapter 11, verse 20. It says, All the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet, now that Athaliah had been slain with the sword at the king's house. Wow. So she wasn't very liked. She was not doing a good job. No, yeah. She was, she was uh, you know, we talked a bit earlier in the show how uh, not many people are stoked to the leaders of their country, but these guys guys were very happy to see her gone that's right yeah Yeah. so absolutely so if you've got some questions to that quiz right congratulations well done keep contributing to future quizzes yeah Uh, it'll sharpen your bible knowledge and you can win some prizes Absolutely. We've also got some text messages coming through from George. He writes in, ultimately, it's Christ who also, you know, judges us at the end of time as well. Um, Jesus is our guarantee. It's his, it's his spirit, um, that seals us. And I, you know, it's, we plead with Jesus for the Holy Spirit. It's through Jesus that we receive the Holy Spirit. So absolutely. And, uh, yeah, beautiful promise by Christ, our Redeemer this morning, guys. So, yeah, it's it's really powerful that we get, It's really just amazing uh, that God is working on our behalf. And I love that, too. It's Christ who passes judgment. Christ as both our defender and our judge, our advocate, and the one who is making the decisions. It's the most rigged election of all time. And we always just come back to simply, hey, if you want to make it through judgment, if you want to be ready for Jesus' come back, just know him. Blair, what are you going to get up to today? 
Uh, I'm going to go over to the Newcastle University and hand out flyers for an upcoming Bible oh, series. Awesome. That we're That's running. so good. Yeah, it's going to oh, be good. Oh, mate. I, you know, I, if, if this was happening last year, I would be with you. But instead, I'm heading out to Raymond Terrace because we've been hanging out there all week and next week as well as we've been covering in the show. Just distributing amazing, awesome literature that has been changing people's lives. But guys, we are praying for you that you have an amazing weekend, that you're able to know Jesus more. Uh, and you're able to spend time with him as the Bible says the Sabbath is a holy convocation so join together in with your church family but guys remember to talk faith to live faith to act faith and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.